Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to episode number 28 of the John Riley Project. I am really excited to have a guest with me. This gentleman is John Maffey, a sports writer for the San Diego Union Tribune, a veteran of San Diego sports. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm really, really excited to have you here. You know, I've, I've, you and I, we've crossed paths yeah. out at the baseball field yeah. at Poway High School. And um, I know you have a great reputation. You've been in the sports community for, for a, a number of years. Yeah, almost 50 now. 50, really? <laughs> okay. And so when you agreed to be on my podcast, I was so excited. And I thought, boy, we can probably share a lot of really interesting stories. Great. No, happy to be here. So I'd like to learn more about you. Can you maybe tell me a little more about your backstory, where you're from, and, and, and your career, and, and, and how you got to this place? Sure, sure. Um, uh, born in Chicago, grew up in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. uh, went to LaSalle High School, uh, a small all-boys Catholic high school. Uh, played baseball there. Uh, was recruited to play baseball at, at St. Mary's. Uh, decided that that wasn't the, wasn't the right fit for me. Uh, went to Pasadena City College. Uh, played on a state championship baseball team there with uh, with Darrell Evans, our third baseman. Yeah, from, uh, from the Atlanta Braves. From the Atlanta Braves, San Francisco Giants, yeah. Detroit Tigers, uh, and well, he was on the '84 World Series team. '84 World. Yeah. And it, what was kind of a neat story with Darrell is, and we had remained friends through all, all the time. Yeah. And uh, in '84 uh, was the, really the first year that they put ropes up to keep the media from getting too close to the to the batting cages during batting practice. And they were stopping everybody in uh, in Tiger Stadium, mm -hmm. and and I walk, you know, I, I'm there in a in a crowd, and Daryl sees me, and he goes, he's okay, you know, he oh, right on, and and he comes up, and you know, and you know, we hug and we, we talk and everything, but you know, you you talk about and that, you know, and I'm still fairly new in the business at that point, yeah, and uh, but you know, talk about you know feeling on cloud nine and every, all yeah. the veteran writers are going, who is this, yeah. who is this kid? And yeah, you, know, well, and you were pretty young at the time, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, that was 80, 84. So I, you know, I was still, you know, still fairly new in the business. I'd started in 71, uh -huh. but, uh, yeah. you know, still only a, a decade or so into the business, but that, you know, you know, teammates bond is, you know, is pretty strong. Yeah. No and, doubt. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Especially when you win a championship and Daryl was, Daryl was also part of uh, a state championship basketball team. He was a starter uh, on the basketball team that won a state championship with Jerry Tarkanian as the head coach. And he, was he still chewing towels back he then? He was chewing towels. He was, uh, and, and, and everything was a fall, you know, you know, you know, don't get, don't fall him. You know, you know coach, what are you talking about here? You know, you know, per, certain people just can't say, he couldn't say foul. Right. It was a fall. Right. And, uh, but what a, what a great man. And, and, and Jerry had offered me uh, a, a full ride scholarship to go to Long Beach mm -hmm. uh, to be his guy. And, you know, and uh, because I, you know, I, I was with, I followed the basketball team and, you know, kept the book for him and everything yeah. uh, while also playing baseball. And, uh, but I just, you know, I wasn't ready to give up baseball. And so I, I walked on at San Diego State, made the team. Oh, right on. And, uh, you know, wasn't a great player by any means, but was still, you know, good enough to, to make a team. I, I was basically, in probably my whole career was, Basically, a, a a pinch runner and defensive specialist. I could I could run and throw and play defense. Okay. And you know, had trouble with the fastball and the curveball, which <laughs> which isn't isn't a good you know, a good thing if you're a hitter. Right. But uh, but still, those those skills allowed me to to play and develop friendships and 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 to me get an insight into the business. Yeah. You know, and to know you know when to ask questions, what questions to ask, what questions not to ask. And, and to read players' feelings that, you know, because I played the game and played with some, you know, played with pl with and against major leaguers, you know, you, you kind of, you get a feel. And so what, what should you not ask? You, you know, you, you don't ask, you know, you don't ask the probing question right after a bad game, you okay. know, that, I mean, that's, <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a feel thing that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you have a rapport with him, you can ask, but if you're the new guy, uh, it, you know, and I remember um, Lee Smith after he gave up the home run to Steve Garvey. Oh yeah, in the in the '84 playoffs, and one of the guys asked him, you know, he goes, 
well, Lee, what, you know, what did you throw? And, you know, he just, you know, there were F-bombs and, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, that's what you don't ask. Right. You know, and that not the first, not the first question. Right. You know, you might, you, you know, you might work it in later. Right. But not the first one. Right. And, you know, so that that's the feel that you get. Yeah. Well, they're, they're human, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, they've got emotions. Yeah. They've yeah, got feelings. Absolutely. You got to be able to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, so yeah. when you back in the uh, in the '60s at San Diego State, it was still a very competitive program back then. I'd oh imagine. yes, yeah. I mean, especially in you know Don Coriel was was the head football coach, right? And and I had a great rapport with Don as a, as a student, right? And it was I was sports editor of the Daily Aztec, so you know we you know you know Don we worked all the, we worked together, uh, uh, and then I actually when they went to the Pasadena Bowl in nineteen. 69 I believe uh, as a student I helped he asked me to to help him recruit three players at at Pasadena City College oh, that, that he was yeah. recruiting and they were and he goes, you know do you know these guys and I go yeah, yeah. you know yeah coach I know yeah. we baseball and, and and football blockered together okay so I you know so yeah I knew these guys and they were f- four players and got them all to practice when they were pra- practicing at Arcadia High School for the. We played Boston University in the in the in the Rose Bowl, uh, in what we call the Pasadena Bowl, and uh, we got three of the four players. You know, Skippy Robinson was an All-American defensive back, went to SC, but mm-hmm. you know we got Martin Imhoff, Larry Mitchell, and Mike Reed, all of whom started. Martin was an All-American, played in the NFL. So, you know, the bond, the bond became stronger because, oh, yeah. you know, coach, you know, John delivered. Yeah, you know, right He on. said he could get him there. And, yeah. You know, and one of those things where, you, you know, I, I go out to campus, I walk, you know, walk in and they're all there. You know, hey, guys, coach wants to, you know, coach Astio, they're at Arcadia High. It's not far away. Yeah. And they all, they're all free. They all come over. It's just, you know, the stars aligned and, and they all got, you know, but, you know, to get three of those of, of those four players was was a pretty big deal. That's a huge deal. Oh yeah. And and you're the the at the time the editor of the Daily Aztec. I was the, yeah sports editor of the Daily Aztec. Yeah. Then. So you're not, it's not like you're on you know Coach Coriel's staff. You no. Know? No. So yeah, why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Oh, it's it's unbelievable, John. I I, I he's the only man to win a hundred games in college and in the NFL. Right. And I mean he, I I'm trying to re- it, 104 19 and one at San Diego State. Oh my God! And, and you know, I, 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 at one time, fifty-five, one and one, at San Diego State, and I mean the All-Americans that he's, and how many of his players are are in the Hall of Fame? Oh yeah, you know, John Madden was on his staff, uh, and what people don't know, I mean, he he's he's the godfather of the passing game, right? And, right. And everybody, but what people don't realize is that he worked, he was at SC on John McKay's staff, and. He put in student body right and student body left. Ah, and really? He, yes, and you know, but people don't people don't realize that because, you know, at SC you had big, strong offensive linemen and you had great running backs. Right. And so you, when he came to San Diego State, you didn't have big, strong offensive linemen. You had undersized, athletic linemen. Right. And it was easier to go. You know, hey guys, we're going to throw the ball. And, you know, it was easier to get quarterbacks and receivers and smaller, more agile offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So he evolved. And, you know, and, and it's worked out that uh, you know, all, the, all the great players and coaches that he's, you know, that have come out of his system. It, it's, it, I, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that he, I, he never won a Super Bowl. And I would think that's the only reason he's not in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same knock on some quarterbacks, too. Yes. So wait, Herm Edwards was there, right? You know? Herm, Herm was there. Uh, Herm and John Fox, okay. who uh, you know was head coach at, at several places. Yeah. And Tom Kraft from oh, yeah. Uh, Aircraft. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and and a, and a man, a offensive lineman, Mike Solari, yeah. who is one of the veteran offensive line coaches in the NFL. Okay. We're all on that same team, and so it's just an amazing coaching tree, really. Yes. And then and then all the players. Yes. Um, what's the what's the the guy's name? He's he's turned into a big actor, a TV actor. Oh, Fred Dreyer. Fred Dreyer was Fred there. Fred Dreyer was there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had uh, um, Carl Weathers. Oh yeah. Uh, Apollo know, Creed. Apollo Creed was <laughs> yeah. a, uh, you know and you know um, Carl Weathers. We, we were in a class together. Okay. At, at San Diego State, that 
it, w it was it was called creative dramatics. And if, <laughs> and if you were an athlete yeah. at San Diego State at the time, there was a, a professor named King Pavenmeyer, and he taught four or three four unit classes. And it it was creative dramatics, uh, verse choir, and verse choir directing. And they, the classes were a hoot. And the easiest classes you'll ever take. Right. But they were they were so much fun. Right. To to take and you know. So you know you were in there with with the Fred Dryers and the Carl Weathers and the Dennis Shaw's everybody you know yeah. every every athlete took those classes and it, it was it was a blast. Well, you probably had to make it entertaining to make sure that the athletes got to class. It, it yes you know yes and 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 then that's all you know all Mr. Pavmeyer all, all King he he said you know I know you're all athletes I know you're in here for an A all I ask show up right you know show up and and Coach Coriel Dom you know but you know. Guys, you're getting a grade here. Yeah. You know, you know, professor asked you to show up, show up. And and they did. You know, everybody everybody showed up out of respect. Right on. So, I mean, so while you're there, um, the, the the football program was outstanding. The baseball program, when when you were a ball player there, how yeah. how was the team then? We were we were good. Yeah, we uh Lyle Olson was our coach and I, I absolutely loved Lyle Olson. I I played for a high school coach who he he didn't know third base from a fungo. He was, you know, he was terrible. You know, nice man, just didn't know what he was doing. JC coach was Ron Robinson and Ron was tremendous. You know, what a you know, uh, lit my fire again. You know, I mean he I learned a lot from him and Lyle was an extension of Ron Robinson and you know a, a great baseball man, but Lyle didn't recruit. You you know, you came and you played, and and he would coach whoever was there. Right. And and we were, you know, we we were good. Uh, we my you know my my first I, I was hurt for two years. I I broke a thumb, and and then in a I uh, I was in a collision, you know, chasing a, a foul pop up and pretty much broke my face. Oh my! Where, where, uh, we still look good now. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, it, 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 it was hard to screw that. I was, right. It was a a a, 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 pop, a bunt foul near the first base dugout. First baseman playing deep, you know, and I, you know, and I'm hustling over and I'm sliding into the balls. It's coming over my shoulder, and he's diving head first. Oh no! And hits me right here. Oh man! Right in the nose and broke my nose, broke my cheekbone. Uh, it, it was because well, yeah, uh, you had to take the mask off. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. back, you know, and then that taught me. I after that, I played with my mask on. Right. You know, and uh, but you know, I, I it, it, it was it was, and I was wearing glasses at the time, so the glasses shattered. Oh man. And it, it it was it was a pretty bad collision, so that cost me a season. So finally, I get to you know my senior year, I get to play, and and we it came down to we were uh, we were in the uh, in a game with uh, UC Santa Barbara that we had to win a doubleheader. We won the first game, lost the second, and lost you know lost the conference title. Ah. So you know, so we were good. You know, right, you know yeah, not yeah. great, but we were good. Well, the, the, the baseball program there has been excellent for a long time. So many great players. Yes. But just never seems to get to the World Series. It's I you know when the year that we had, you know Tony Gwynn, Chris Gwynn, Buddy Black. Uh, Kerwin Danley, who's uh, an umpire in the, in the major leagues now. Was it Mark Grace uh, there there at the time? Uh, Mark was a little before, a little after that. Okay. And uh, but I mean, you have all these you know major league players there, and you know we win the conference and go go back to the regionals, and we're two and out, two and out. And it was you know very discouraging. Right. And. Uh, but yeah, and they'll they'll get there at some point. You know, Mark Martinez uh, has has taken over where Tony left off, mm -hmm. and 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 it it Mark will, Mark will get there eventually. So you were there during the Deets era as well, right? Yes, yes, and and really you know really enjoyed uh, you know working with Jim Deets. Mm -hmm. You know, Jim and I became you know very good friends, and and I ended up coaching his summer teams, and uh, and and. Took you know took one of his summer teams up to Alaska. We were up there for a month playing you know playing games and 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 what I thought yeah you know, still to this day it was the best collegiate league ever in the Cal Collegiate League, uh, where you could have six players from your school on a team on your team. That's a lot. It it is and yeah. and and they've out and, and it eventually it 
the NCAA legislated it down to four. Right. So the league wasn't quite as good. Then they legislated it down now to two. Yeah, right. And it is two. Now. It yeah. is two. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we had it was San Diego State, USD, uh, USC, UCLA, Northridge, Pepperdine, Loyola, Irvine, uh, you know, Long so Beach. Much yeah, and 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 so you could run your program. You could you could run your program as a summer as your summer program. And with your incoming freshmen, your incoming JC kids, yeah, and and we had, I mean, they, they were just unbelievably good. The San Fran and San Fernando Orioles were the SC team, uh, and you know, you know, Northridge and, and you know, we 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 played doubleheader. We played Pepperdine, and one one game, a doubleheader at Pepperdine, we faced uh, Mike Scott and Jesse Orozco. In a in wow. a in a doubleheader. Wow. We got we got four hits in the in the doubleheader and split. And split. <laughs> split. We lost. Mike Scott beat us two nothing, and we hit two solo home runs, and and beat uh, Jesse Orozco two nothing. Wow. And uh, so I mean that's the type of talent you know that that you're facing right in in, in that league right. Wow, that's a competitively and so and then up in Alaska, I know they play those games. Oh, well, twenty four hours. Yes, yeah, we played the Midnight Sun game mm-hmm. uh, when we were on tour there. We played it uh, in Palmer, Alaska, which at that time was the Palmer Green Giants. Right. And uh, you start at eleven o'clock and at night, and you and you play straight through. The sun dips down about two o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. dips right down about fifteen minutes later, comes right back up, and uh, it that 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 was a blast. Here's a name. I don't know if you'll know this guy. Uh, Bob Moss. Oh, was yeah. an umpire. Hubba Jubba. Hubba Jubba, baby. Yeah. And, and, and I went to UCSD, and he was there, and I got to know him, and he was an umpire, and he told me about his trips to Alaska. Yes. And it was fascinating. Oh, Bob. And what people don't know about Bob, Bob was a football and baseball player at San Diego State, was all-conference at, in both sports, really, and you know, and probably when you Bob got very, you know, very yeah. large, yeah. At, you know, but uh, he probably played about two sixty five in in college. Wow! And uh, was agile, strong, and as as good a player as he was a man. You know that that that, that, so he that was, is yeah. the best man. Yes, I mean he was just so much character, so much enthusiasm. Yes. Um, just, I love that guy. Yeah. And so I, when I was a student at UCSD, um, I TA'd for him in a softball oh, wow. class. And I just did it for fun because yeah. I just loved being around the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, and he would, he, one year, and, and might have been more than one year, but he had the umpiring contract with, with San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And, and he would only charge, he'd bring a three man crew. And he would only charge for himself because the other two umpires would be UCSD students. Right. And and he would he would do things in a game if if a left hand hitter was up and there was a check swing, mm-hmm. and the you know the you know the batter you know you know check 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 and he he would check to the to the wrong umpire, <laughs> and you know testing him. Right. And yeah. you know, and you know, so guys would go you know. No, Bob, not my call. And he, you know, and he go correct. You know, you know, John. You know, and, and yeah. so he was. I could totally see that. Yeah, happening. So he was teaching. Yeah. the whole time there. That is awesome. Yeah, what you a know. guy. I, I, I didn't know he was as great of an athlete. I mean, I didn't really know his backstory. Yes. Um, yeah. I just knew him as a just this man of huge personality yes. and enthusiasm and just positive energy. Yes. Absolutely. What a, you know, what a great guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so you're up in Alaska and, and you, were you at that time, were you a player or were you coaching? I was up? coaching then. Yeah. I okay. was coaching then. And, uh, uh, it was one of those things, you know, typ- typical Jim Dietz. And I can say that cause Jim's, Jim, Jim's my friend is, uh, you know, bring extra, bring extra uniforms with you because when you go to Palmer, the Aztec players on the Palmer team will come over and play for you. Ah, and it's same thing in Anchorage mm-hmm. and Kenai mm-hmm. and in Fairbanks. Well, they did, except for we only had four pitchers with us because the pitchers were going to come over, and everywhere we went, what, you know, he he just pitched yesterday, oh. <laughs> and you know, and you know, we don't want him to. So we played a twenty-two game tour with four pitchers. Oh wow! And and being a young, you know, fired up coach, I'm you know. We're out there. We're you know we're taking infield. We're throwing. We're doing you know and like four games into the into the tour, you know I I sat down with 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 the team and I go you know what, 
we're not going to waste arms. We can't. We aren't, we're not going to take infield and out. We'll hit ground balls. I want guys to you know just roll the ball in and start saving arms. Yeah. Because I need guys who aren't pitchers. Yeah. To pick up some games. So we. Yeah. You know we we we'd sacrifice like every other game. Right. You know if we you know we we go Charlie Holstaff one game yeah. and then I you know and then we'd have one of our legit pitchers, you know and and try to try to get through that way and. You know, I, and I told Jim, I said, you know, <laughs> Coach, I'm, he goes, how come you guys are getting beat so bad some of these games? I only have four pitchers. Yeah, exactly. And you're still going nine innings. And, yes, yeah. yeah. Against really good teams. Oh, I'm sure. And you know, those, they, they, all those teams had big leaguers on them. Yeah. And I mean, and I, there was, we were getting beat so bad one game in Palmer where, uh, you know, I, I came in and pitched. And just to get us through the last three innings. So you're like Frank Robinson. You're like the manager and a player. I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm just, you know, guys, I'm just throwing BP fastballs. Right. And, you know, yeah. please don't hit anything up the middle and try, right. to, you know, try to kill me. Right. And uh, Earl Batty Jr. was catching. You know, the Earl Batty Sr. Play, was a catcher for the Twins for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And he hit the longest home run I've ever seen. And, you know, and and. But but you know it, but it was fun you know I mean and, and you know I think the guys on the team they understood what I was doing and the other coach too you know well yeah we, we, you know you know we have to sacrifice something. To, How was the travel schedule? I mean that's a huge state. Yeah it, it uh, we landed in in Fairbanks. What's funny is we we left San Diego we we stopped in L A picked up picked up players mm-hmm. on the team uh, we went to San Francisco picked up more players you know then got to Seattle. Picked up more players and then hopped into Fairbanks. Okay. And then it was by bus after once you got to Fairbanks. Right. Everything everything was bus. Wow. And uh, and, and and it was fun. You know, I mean, the, the guys on that team were are, are I still see those guys were still still friends. I, I wasn't that much older than they were. Mm-hmm. So it it, it uh, you know Tony Kamara, my first baseman, is the head of the English de- or the the head of the math department for the Grossmont School District? Oh wow! Nice. And and T and I, you know, we you know we we talk all the time, and it you know it's just uh, it uh, you know Kenny Rutan, my third baseman, his his son was was a really good high school volleyball player, so Kenny and I keep in touch, and Roz Majum, our third our second baseman, it it it's just it was, it was such great camaraderie back then. Well, like you said, it's the bond of teammates, right? Yes, yes. Right? And they become, I mean, they're like your extended family. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you're traveling together. And, we, you know, we stayed, uh, we stayed in the dorms at, uh, at Alaska Fairbanks you know, and Alaska Anchorage. But at, uh, in Palmer, we stayed in a, in a big old barracks type of thing because we're on the state fairgrounds okay. in, in Palmer. And, mm-hmm. and that was... And you, you know, guys are getting up at. Uh, there, there was only so much hot water in the showers. Oh no! So, so guy, guys would guys would get up and sneak into the shower right. at at five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to get a hot shower. Right. And you know, and then come back to come back to bed. But uh, you know, but you know, like I said, it, it it those are the things you're remembering. Guys are, you know, guys laugh about it now. So then, so after you were coaching and you, you got into sports writing. And, um, you know, I, I was reading your bio, you know, the, I know the whole media landscape yep. with, with newspapers has been so volatile, especially yes. over the past 15 or so years. Um, but tell me a little bit more about your career and, and how you got into sports writing and, and where it went from there. Good. Well, and uh, I mean, it really, it's kind of, kind of started in high school where uh, I had a we, we, Christian brothers taught it at, at my high school, at LaSalle High School. And as a freshman, uh, one of the teachers, you know, came up and he goes, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm going, you know, you know, brother Martin, I want to, I want to be a major league baseball player. And he goes, nice. have you looked in the mirror? You know, you're, <laughs> you're five foot nothing. You're a hundred nothing. Right. You know, don't ever give up your dream. Right. You know, right. Keep working. Don't ever give yeah. up your dream. But he goes, you know, you write well, you, you know, have a good personality. You get along with people. See if you can't get in, you know, get into something sports related that will keep you in the sports field but you know but maybe not as a player right you know? and so you know at that point then I, I joined the school newspaper and and that was that was the the push as a freshman in high school that I needed and you know uh, and I still at our 50th reunion you know brother Martin was there and I you know, said hey you know you're the guy who got it started nice you know that was the push but mm-hmm. you know then it went you know, from from there to 
to Pasadena City College. I was the sports, uh, the the editor of the paper, then sports editor of the Daily Aztec. Uh, worked in the sports information office mm -hmm. at at San Diego State. Uh, and the, the funny thing, how I got my first job was Larry Littlefield, who was the the sports editor at the Escondido Times Advocate at the time, wanted to call Don Coriel in the football office, dialed the wrong number, and got the sports information office. Okay. Was talking to Mike Ryan, who was the sports information office. He goes, oh, well, hey, Mike, well, I got you. Uh, we're, we're adding a third guy. You know, we're adding a guy, and we're looking for a young college student, you know, college graduate. And Mike mm -hmm. goes, I got a guy. Oh, right on. And I happened to be in the office. He put me on the phone. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking to Larry, and Larry, you know, he says, well, here, we set it up to come up and interview. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you know, typical thing, you bring your clips and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how many people they interviewed or, or brought in, but but I got the job. And Right on. So two days after I graduate, I'm, 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 I'm on the road. My first, my first assignment was a high school basketball game at Fallbrook. Okay. And at the time, there was no it, there was no Interstate 15 then, or no, you know. So I'm going up the old 395 and going, <laughs> where the heck did they? Where did where right, are they right. sending me? Right. And and you know, there's no cell phones, there's no pay phones. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you you just you know you going you know this must be the right way. And right. Fortunately, the high school finally popped up, and you're going, oh wow. Right. But uh, that was my introduction to being a professional professional sports writer, but. But, you know, and it took off from there. Uh, worked a year and a half there, went back to San Diego State as a sports information director. Uh, worked at there for eight years, went back to the Times Advocate as a sports editor, mm -hmm. and have been uh, in the business ever since then. That's awesome. And so you probably have met so many, you know, athletes along the way. Probably got to know a lot of them personally, oh, I yes. imagine, building yeah. relationships and you know, we've already, you've already mentioned Tony Gwynn and, you know, we're here recording this in Poway. Yeah, Poway, yeah. And Tony Gwynn, of course, just, you know, a celebrity in our city. Oh, yes. And we've got a statue built for him over at Lake Poway. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, to, Tony became a, a great friend. Mm -hmm. and, and people, you know, say, well, you know, what's, you know, what's your fondest memory of being a sports writer? And, you know, and, and I, you know I've, I've covered... You know, 44 Rose Bowls, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, you know, the, the Sun Bowl, uh, you know, 11 Super Bowls, World Series, the playoffs, NCAA Final Four, you know, was, uh, we were the host school in 1975 when UCLA won the championship, John Wooden's last year. But my, f you know, my favorite thing was sitting on the bench at Padre Games. Tony would, Tony would be, would always hit early. Right. He would never hit with the team. It, you know, as, as, as his career developed. Right. And mm -hmm. so he'd come out and he would hit at maybe two o'clock. Okay. And the sports writers who knew it was up, myself, John Contera, who was you know, oh, a yeah, radio guy, and John's, John's become a great friend. And we would sit on the bench with Tony while everybody else is taking BP and just talk baseball, basketball, talk, talk everything. Nice. And, and I mean, there was, and, and, yeah, you know, yeah, and John Contary, and even now we'll talk. He goes, "Can you believe it? You know, we, you know, we'd be on the bench, shooting the breeze yeah. with Tony Gwynn. Yeah, and and Hall yeah, of Famer, man. Yeah, and that you know the the, the that infectious laugh that oh, Tony yeah, had, yeah. throwing his head back yeah, and just yeah, you know, yeah. and and then you know when Tony got the job uh, at San Diego State, mm -hmm. you know, I and I remember vividly we went, I I, I walked into his office. And he's, you know, he's got his hat on backwards and his, he's all disheveled. And I'm going, T, what, what's up? And, yeah. and, he, and he looks at me and he called me Mafe and he goes, Mafe, I wish I'd have paid more attention to fractions in high school. And <laughs> go, what's the problem? Because yeah. he had 11.7 scholarships. Ah. And so he's, and at that point, uh, you could cut him into eighths, yeah. uh, quarters and thirds or fulls. Right. And so he's trying to, you know, trying to match up, you know, the eighths and the quarters. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. He, if you give five eighths, how many quarters can you give and how many thirds? <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, you can just see smoke coming yeah. out of his ears yeah. on the fry. It's like, T, the easiest thing to do is give eight eighths, three thirds and four fourths. Yeah, there and, you go. And that, you know, if you start giving five eighths or, you know, three fourths, then you know, you're going to be all screwed up. Yeah, keep it simple. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but we, you know, we had a great, great laugh over that one. Oh, yeah. 
just what a guy. And, and you know, my, my Tony Gwynn story is kind of a silly one. I was just in the Rubio's over at, in, in, here in Powell. Okay. And I'm waiting on my meal. And I, he was there waiting on his uh -huh. meal. And I'm like, double take. Uh -huh. And he just sort of like looked at me and just sort of smiled and nodded his head because uh -huh. he probably got that all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I didn't want to approach him or, you know, yeah. he has his private life. But just what a great guy. Yeah. You know? what, what I, you know, I, one thing about Tony, too, is you know, he would sign. He had a beautiful autograph. Really, a beautiful signature, and and I don't, you know, I see some of your things here, but I and you, don't, there's not a, but it, you could, I mean, it was the you know the big T with the you know and 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 it was a beautiful autograph, and just didn't scribble it, and I go, you know, why do you take the time to, you know, everybody scribbles it, and yeah. he goes, he says, Mave, that might be the only interaction that man, that child, that lady, ever has with a big leaguer, and I want it to be a good one, I want to give them a legible signature. And I want them to go back home and, you know, like you just said, go back home and go, I met Tony Gwynn at the Rubio's and he signed and look at this, you know, yeah. I, you know, I want them to remember me as being a guy who took an extra 15 seconds to sign a legible autograph for them. That's so awesome. And, you know, and I, you know, T, that's, that's why people love you. That is so awesome. So you just get to hang out in the dugout with him and watch oh, BP and yeah, just it, shoot the breeze. It was, you know, and, and then with his son, when, when Anthony played yeah. basketball at Poway, yeah. it, uh, you know, we would, he, you know, he would always be up in the top rafters filming. Right. And, uh, and people would go up and the, the Poway coaches protected him. And, you know, because Tony, you know, I'll sign anything you want. Please let me watch, film my son and watch my watch my son play. Yeah, of course. And yeah. and people would you know and after a game he'd be there. I you know I'd be writing a story and he'd be up there for forty five minutes after a game still signing autographs. So but awesome. as long as you respected his right to watch his son play, right? He would you know he would he would take as long as it take took to to sign autographs. Right. And 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 Anthony was a, was a really just like Tony you know Tony's still the all-time assist leader at San Diego State yeah that's an awesome stat and uh, uh, and drafted on the same day drafted by the Clippers and the Padres on the, on the on the same day uh, and and Anthony was as every bit as good a basketball player as as Tony was and but blossomed his his from his junior to senior year was up at the area code games mm -hmm. in Long Beach and and blossom there, you know, had a had a breakout uh, four games up there, and that's that's what launched his baseball career. Right on. Well, I remember hearing the stories of that when Anthony played at Poway High, Tony would sit like beyond the outfield fence. Yes. Like there was a like a big light pole, and he'd set up a chair. Yes. So he could watch his son play without all the distractions. Right. And yeah, I think he learned that from from basketball. He would sit uh, in the parking lot beyond the right field fence yeah and kind of like right by the foul pole there's a, a stairway going down yeah. and, you know and and he would he would park himself there and and that's uh just didn't want to be disturbed wanted to to watch his son play right and uh, and and not be you know he figured if, if i if i hide then i don't have to disappoint people and tell them i'll sign afterwards yeah you know? exactly and, well, hopefully yeah. he made himself visible before and after the game. Yeah, you know? especially after. Yeah, so yeah. he wasn't like, you know, trying to avoid. Right, you know? yeah. But, you know, he's such a warm guy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about this this Poway, Rancho Bernardo, Rancho Penasquitos area. There's been so much talent in baseball, football, basketball that has come from this area. Oh, yes. And, and so maybe you could share with me some of your, your memories and some of the great athletes you've covered from this particular North County Inland yeah. area. Oh, there, I mean, there have been so many, you know, baseball especially in, uh, you know, Rancho Bernardo with, with Sam Blaylock mm -hmm. being there. And, and Sam and I were teammates in, in college. Really? And, yeah, so we, you know, we have a great friendship. Okay. Uh, you know, Poway has, has been great. And, you know, John Harmon was a coach at Poway for years. You know, started a great tradition. Bob Perry yeah. is there now. And Bob, uh, you know, I, I, I coached Bob for... Uh, for a year, two years at San Diego State, or I'm sorry, at, at I was coaching, uh, helping coach Palomar at the time. Okay. And uh, and and coached uh, coach Bob, Darren Darren Johnson, Dominic Johnson. Oh you yeah. Know, uh, great baseball minds. Oh, unbelievable! Both yes. of those guys. And and yeah, they they, you know that that has 
that has been such a fertile area for mm-hmm. for talent mm-hmm. and uh, you know some football players, good basketball players, uh, and uh, well, Judd Bushler. Uh, yes, you know, <laughs> you know, yes, and 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 Judd and and you know, and honestly, Poway has a very good basketball team this year too. Oh yeah, and uh, you know they're long and lean and athletic and. Uh, they're gonna. They're kind of a sleeper team, sitting sitting on our in our poll like a number eight, nine, somewhere in there. They're they're kind of a sleeper. Plus, they have that Adam Severe. That yes, l- that little guy just can hit them from deep and, and make these athletic plays in the lane. Yes, yes, he's special. Yeah, and I I saw them play and did a story. Uh, and Adam was the guy who jumped out at me with with all the talent they had. Adam's the guy who made it go exactly and got the ball to the right guy. Yeah, and if it wasn't there, they'd kick it back to Adam and he'd you know restart the offense. And Were you at the the last year? There was a double overtime game, Poway Rancho Bernardo. Yes, I, that was the best high school basketball game I ever been to in my life. And, yes, and Severe just lit it up. He scored over thirty points in the second half. Yes, yeah, and that uh, and that's part of that rivalry. They're they're playing again. They play the, the first game. The first RB Poway game this year is is Friday night at Poway. Oh, right on. And uh, and I, I saw RB play without their big man, and they're they're very ordinary without their big man. But with the big man, uh, you know, they're obviously very good. And How tall is he? He's like six seven, six eight. Wow. And he had had a he had a concussion. He came down hard on the floor and banged his head. Ah. And uh, but he's healthy now, and he's back playing. So that's going to be that's going to be a pretty good game on Friday night. You know, it's funny. He's like, I got to know Dominic Johnson. My son yeah. is a pitcher, and so okay. he works with Dom. And Dom will sometimes remind us that he holds some of the scoring and rebounding records yes. at Poway High. Dom, Dom was a basketball player, and he, yeah. he, you know, he was not. He was he was a good baseball player, uh-huh. but he was a really good basketball player. Yeah. And you look at Dom now, and you know what? What's Dom? Six four, six five, maybe, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. broad shoulder. Yeah. And could shoot it. Could, yeah. You know, knew how to use his rear end to move people out, mm-hmm. and you know, and you know, move them out and get the layup. And you know, he he was primarily he was, and that's why people go, you know, that that knew him then go, Dom Johnson's the pitching guru. Yeah. And he's he's this era's Tom House. If people know who Tom House is, yeah. was was kind of the 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 pitching guru that everybody everybody went to big leaguers, and Tom would you know would fix you. And and now big leaguers, you know, every everybody from, you know, from seven year olds to big leaguers go to Dom. Oh yeah, and because he's he's the guy. He's the guru on the top of the mountain. Yes, you know, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I enjoy spending time with him and just listening to his stories and the right. people he interacts with. Um, and, and all the major leaguers are just in his backyard here. Oh in yeah, Poway. They're, yeah, they're in his backyard. He's got you know, you know, yeah, and he'll he'll tell you, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z are coming over today. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Coach Blaylock, you know, and, and he was featured in the in the book Moneyball. You know, yes. they talk about this is a launching pad of baseball talent and, you know, Cole Hamels and Trevor Williams are in the big leagues now. Yes. Tell me about some of the players you've seen at RB. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, Cole and, Cole and Trevor, Trevor jump out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, Trevor, uh, I mean, Cole was, as a sophomore, was, uh, was 10 and 1. Wow, and then and then something happened over the summer, and he Cole's never really made it clear, but he uh, uh, whether it was a growth plate or he he said he was playing uh, football, you know, touch football in the street, banged his elbow against a car, and and didn't pitch the, his junior year at all. Only only DH'd. Right, came back his senior year and was as dominant as he was. Uh, as a as a as a, as a sophomore, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, he there in the uh, in the playoffs. It, it was I think the first year of the of the series where you had to win two out of three in a series, and it was RB and Montgomery. Okay, and uh, and everybody in the world, uh, you know, every general manager, everybody was down at Montgomery to watch Cole Hamels pitch against Montgomery. Right. And and he he was spectacular down there, and and it was it was just the the two different cultures the you know the the Rancho Bernardo kids the you know the you know, you know the, the the kind of entitled kids you know yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and against the Hispanic speaking yeah. Montgomery kids yeah I got and you. two different completely different cultures yeah but the way they played against each other. 
and the respect right that they had on the diamond yeah. for each other. And Manny Hermosillo, the, the Montgomery coach, is still there. And, and I told this to Manny last, last year. I, I said, I, you know, one of my vivid memories of high school baseball, and he, go, he, and he goes, I almost, he said, after, after that game, he, and in that series, he said, I almost started crying. He said, I thought about the respect. You know, we're speaking Spanish. You know, our guys yeah. are all speaking Spanish in the field. Yeah. And the, you know, the, but the RB kids weren't looking at us like, you know, hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah. They looked at us like, these guys are players. Right on. These guys are good. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know, and he said there was a mutual respect that, you know, we don't, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. all the time. And he said, he said, he said, he said, I agree with you. He said one of the one of the great series of in high school baseball was that Rancho Bernardo Montgomery series when when Cole's senior year. And how did Cole perform? Cole Cole, I don't I don't think he threw a shutout. If I remember, he he won two to one. Wow, that's and that's good. It, with with every you know, like I said, maybe not every general manager, but several general managers, scouting directors, all there to see him. You know, to see him perform and you know to to perform like that, and you know, you know, you can imagine, you know, how do you not hit the bull when you're out? You know, you look up and you know, all these radar guns go up. You know, yeah. and you're, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> hit the bull. Yeah, okay, I got the reference now from uh, from Bull, bull Durham. Durham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, and that, uh, you know, to keep your composure and being able to, you know, to throw against, I mean, a Montgomery team that was, you know, outstanding. Right on. And you know, uh, Eric Chavez was uh you know was a great player and Eric Chavez and Eric Munson right playing together at Mount Carmel mm-hmm. and you know Jaime Jones oh yeah and yeah, Jaime uh, lives here in Poway yes and Jaime's uh I'm trying to I think he is uh, scouting with I know he's scouting with a Tampa yeah yeah because he he's he signed the uh the Mercado kid from Westview yes when he was drafted in the second round a couple of years ago and then he has been running like a scout ball team for for Tampa yes so um, yeah, good good guy. Yes, Jones, yeah. Yeah, and I remember um, Billy Bean. Oh yeah, who, you know Billy Billy's general manager of the Oakland A's, and and the day before the draft that you know, uh, which would have been Eric's Eric's senior year draft, and Billy Billy calls me, and he goes, he says, John, he said, you know, let's just suppose that Eric Chavez and Jaime Jones are on the board. Who do you who do you choose? And I go, you know, I love I I love Jaime Jones. He you know what a, a beautiful player, beautiful stroke. I said, but Eric Chavez will play in the big leagues. Eric Chavez will find a way to to play in the big leagues. He you know it, no matter what it takes. You know I don't I can't tell you he's going to be a star, but he'll get there. And I go, you know, Billy, why are you asking? And he he goes, well. You know, my scouts, he said, you've told me exactly the same thing all my scouts are telling me. Right. But scouts tend to fall in love with guys. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And and I wanted to get an impartial opinion of somebody I trust who has seen both players. And I said, it's not that I mean, won't make it, but I guarantee you Eric will make it. So, so here you've got Major League uh, Baseball general managers relying on your yeah. advice for the draft. Yeah. You've got coaches in, in collegiate football helping you recruit players. You're like the guy behind the scenes, like pushing the buttons. Well, yeah, and you know sometimes it's just you know local knowledge and yeah, and hopefully you know guys trust you, they trust right. you to give an honest opinion. Right. And and that's what I wanted to you know I, I wanted to to let Billy know that and uh, uh, yeah he's just uh, yeah. He was a guy that that I you know I, I really enjoyed watching it and you know to this day still a good guy you see you know you see him in you know if you go to to, to camp to, to spring training mm-hmm. and the A's are there and Billy will and 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 it was it was it was better when well, the late Kevin Towers was was alive you know Kevin Towers just what an unbelievably good guy oh yeah the stories and, from him and, are just unbelievable oh, oh gosh and and you know having the privilege to sit at a spring training game with with Kevin and Billy. And to let the have them let you into their circle, and just you know, and you know, and and again, Kevin, you know, Kevin would always go, you know, you know, if, if I'm sitting there and he go, you know, John, we're off the record, you know, <laughs> you know, any stories that are told here 
off the record. Right on. Okay. You know, if Good. you want to ask me later about it on the record, you can ask. But you know, if if you're sitting here with us, we're off the record. Right on. Perfect. Right. You know, but. Well, that's, just, how, that's how you guys build trust too. Yes. You know. Yes. So um, awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and and you know, and and Kevin was when Bruce Bochy, you know, uh, a Poway resident, yeah. was managing the Padres. Some of the great memories were uh, after 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 every Sunday home game, Boch after everybody got all their interviews and wrote their you know did their stuff, Boch would Boch would close the door. It'd be Boch KT and and three or four beat writers and door would close everything was off the record nice and you could ask anything you wanted about any any baseball related topic and it was it was just you know to to sit in there and and hear those guys you know you know what do you think about this player what do you think about this right. guy you know he's a dog you know he's underrated he's the you know and to get honest opinions yeah. of things right. you couldn't write it Right, but it, but it was lo- it was knowledge that you could maybe use it at at some point. Yeah, you could. You know, it would influence your writing style. R- exactly, and yeah. maybe and maybe influence you to ask a better question. There you go. because you, know, you had you had some knowledge now. Right, and you know, and th- that, I mean th- those those Sunday sessions were just you know it was a privilege to be in there with those guys. Wow, well, you yeah. you really kind of worked your way into some of the inner circles <laughs> yes, yeah. here. So let's, let's talk a little bit about football and maybe kind of expand the San Diego County right. and all these Heisman Trophy winners that have come from the area. Yes. So have you been, have you been following those stories as a, as a beat writer? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the Ricky Williamses and the Rashawn Salams mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you know, just some, some great players. And, you know, I remember, you know, Rashawn Salam was, uh, was played at La Jolla Country Day when they were playing eight-man football and... And we had a, a huge, Steve Brand and I uh, went round and round at the All-CIF meeting because he, he wanted Rashawn Salam as the CIF Player of the Year. And I'm going, you know, it's a different game. Right, right. You know, it's a completely different, you know, eight-man football. You know, I'm not saying he's not good because he is. Yeah. He's going, you know, I, Rashawn, Rashawn went to Colorado, I believe. Yeah, I was. And, uh, yeah. and you know, he, obviously he's a great player, but... I can't make an eight-man, you know, eight-man player player of the year. Yeah, you, know, you could put any number of backs on an eight-man. If if you can eight-man football, if people aren't don't know, if you can get to the corner, you're gone. You know, if, uh, you know, and you know, if you get to the corner in eleven-man football, you know, you're gonna make some, you're gonna gain some yards, but mm-hmm. it's not a touchdown. But right. with Rashad, you know, if you're a good back, you get to the corner, you're it's a touchdown. Right, and. Uh, so, you know, we go round and round on that one, but, you know, he, you know, obviously he, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, played with the Bears, you know, yeah. great player. Yeah, right yeah. on. And, you know, and Ricky had a great career and, uh, you know, uh, Marcus, Allen. Marcus Allen, you know, in, in the in the CIF championship game scoring, you know, throwing a, throwing a touchdown, you know, rushing for a touchdown and returning a punt for a touchdown, returning a kickoff, scoring five times, five different ways. And uh, you know, un- an unbelievable performance. One of the one of the top performances ever in a in a championship game. Wow! So, across your history here as as a sports writer covering pro, college, high school sports, tell me like just some like incredible thing that you've witnessed. Maybe it wasn't a famous player that went on, but just some of these really legendary stories. Wow! That's a, you know. Um, well, I mean, one of one of my favorite stories uh, was when I was working at, at San Diego State in the uh, in the in the uh, 1975 Final Four, and we were the host team. Oh yeah, the sports arena. In the, at the sports arena, yeah. and we were all. That was the first year that teams were allowed to. That teams came in and practice, and the practices were open to the public. Oh, and and so. Uh, I went down uh, as the host. You know, the, the UCLA was scheduled to practice. I think like at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went down probably you know eight thirty nine o'clock. Uh, instead of going to the office, I went in. I went went to the sports room. I said, I just want to make sure that everything's okay. Right. And I walk in, and the locker rooms are a disaster. I mean, the gulls had played a couple of nights before, and there's, you know, there's ankle tape and towels and orange peels, and every every locker room is is a disaster. Oh my God! So 
you know, now, now what do I do? You know, we're, we're the whole, and so I go, I go to the arena staff and I go, you know, we need to, we need to get this cleaned up. And, yeah. and they go, you know, Hey, uh, you have a work order. Oh my go, God. Work order. I, you know, we need to get to, you know, yeah. he goes, we don't do anything without a work order. So I go, okay. You know, I, I get on the, you know, pre-cell phone, everything yeah. you find a, <laughs> excuse me, you find a pay phone, call my, call the office, call my, you know, my secretary who, uh, who happened to be, you know, the, my secretary was Claude Gilbert's wife, the head football coach's wife. You know, I <laughs> said, she you know, gets it. Yeah. So yeah. I said, you know, Mary Lou, I got to get Gene Lamke was our intramurals director. Fred Hammond was our, our facilities coordinator. I said, can you get Gene and Fred on the phone, get them down here as fast as they can get here. Right. They, they come down They're They're probably within 40 minutes or so. And they come in they go, you know, this is, this is crazy. Right. So one of them stays and I think, you know, uh, Gene went back, got a bunch of football players to come down and, and we paid, you know, there were three or four football players. We'd probably be on probation for a hundred years. <laughs> we did it now, but we gave each of the guys yeah. 20 bucks yeah. to come down yeah. and, and, and clean up. And, and then Fred went back and got portable lockers we put up lockers. Wow. And so yeah. how much time? If they're practicing <laughs> at one o'clock, you were scrambling in the morning? We were scrambling up until, well, the funny thing is, you know, we get the last dustpan full of stuff in the, in the trash, move the trash around the corner, and I, you know, and I look at my watch, I go, oh, it's like five to one. Yeah. You know, I, you, know you, you try to put yourself together, yeah. walk around the thing, and here's John Wooden leading the brooms right. down the ramp. Yeah. And I go, Holy cow! I you know, come, you know, hi, coach. How are you? And, and uh, he, you know, we were good friends. I, I, we had played them before, right? So he, you know, he, he knew who I was. And I said, you know, coach, let me take you to the locker. And he walks in and, and he goes, Oh, this isn't half bad. I heard this place was a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're funny. You want to go, coach? You should have seen it an hour ago, right? You know, but uh, and and that same tournament. Uh, they, uh, the NCAA had uh, Tom Jernstadt was the the gentleman who was the NCAA rep for the tournament, mm -hmm. and he was going round and round with the sports arena management about getting things done, and we were we had a meeting. It was uh, early morning that more that same morning that uh, and that's what what's I mean, I, one reason I was there. We had like a eight seven thirty eight o'clock meeting in in the arena offices. And uh, and Tom Tom's going okay. We need you know this hasn't been done. This hasn't been done. This hasn't been done. And by the way, uh, on the way in today, I heard that you were charging uh, to park. And he goes, we've advertised this as a free event. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I wish I could remember the arena manager's name, but uh, you know he goes. He says, "Well, tough. What are you going to do about it? It's on. The, it's on all the radios. Right. It, uh, you know, we're. Uh, you know, you know, we're. This is what we're going to do." And and Tom just goes, "You know what? If if you charge, if you don't rescind this, <clears throat> I'm moving the tournament." Whoa. And he goes, "You won't. You couldn't do that." And he goes, "Can I use your phone?" He picks up the phone. He dials a number, and. Yeah, and unbeknownst to yeah, I didn't I didn't know if Tom was bluffing or not, but right. you know he goes, yeah, this is Tom. Uh, uh, is is the arena still available? It is. Okay, I'll call you back in five minutes. Puts the phone down. And he goes, balls in your court. Yeah, he and and they you know he goes, okay, okay, I will. You know, and now I have to scramble and call the radio stations and tell them it's a free event. Right. And uh, and, and, I, and later I asked Tom. I said, you know. He called the LA Sports Arena, and and you know, and I, Tom, did you re did you really? He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "I I had I had the same dates booked in LA, and we would if he, if he hadn't done that, I'd have, I'd have moved the tournament." Well, it, given the reputation of the sports arena, I mean, John Wooden, you know, he probably had a plan B, right? Yes, yes, and they were they were doing we were building uh, pre a press box. Uh, we you know still still like an hour before we opened the doors and, and they, you know, because you had, there were only so many seats. So you had, you know, you had, you had a row of seats, then you built a, you know, you, you built a, a lay, you know, a right. platform uh -huh. and then another row of seats and, and they were still being built. And 
our athletic director, Ken Carr, th back then the, the, there was a NCAA logo right. that you put down on the floor. It was a, a big kind of uh, plastic logo, and you, you squeegeed it, you put it over the floor and squeegeed it out. And our athletic director was on his hands and knees squeegeeing out the bubbles uh, you know, of the logo. Right. At the same time, they're rounding off the edges uh, in the press box. Unbelievable. It, it's, it, you know, it was just, it was the craziest thing. We, we pulled it off. And, uh, you know, uh, we, it, at that time, we had 400 accredited media at the, at the event. At the time, it was the largest, largest mm -hmm. event ever. And, and pulled it off pretty much without a hitch once, you know, once, they, you know, the, once the ball went up in the air. But, uh, well, the story I always heard is that after the 75 Final Four, the NCAA said, we're never coming back to the sports arena. Never coming back. And that, that was one of the last of the small arena venues. Mm -hmm. Now they're, you know, they're going to the, they went to the Astrodome and, yeah, yeah. you know, Superdome. They're, they're playing the big venues. But, and they said, you know, they would definitely come back to San Diego, but they were, they would never go to the, they, they, and they've, they've had regionals now at San Diego State. Right. And, uh, but they would never work with, with the sports arena again. So what do you think is going to happen with the sports arena in, in San Diego? They're going to blow that up at some point, right? You know, I, gosh, I would hope so. And, uh, you know, they, and they, they keep pouring money into it. And, and they've, they've done a nice job trying to, trying to fix it up. But it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Qualcomm Stadium, SDCCU Stadium. It's, it's kind of like putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, there's only so much you can do. And, you know, the seats get broken, you fix the seats. You know, the, you know, the, 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 at, at one day they were famous for sticky floors. The, you know, the soda would get spilt and it, it would never get cleaned up. It, it's much better. And uh, the inner workings of the stadium, you know, if, 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 you know, people sit in their seat and, you know, they only see what they see. But if you get into the bowels of the stadium, it, it's a disaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's brutal. And, uh, I went to the Notre Dame uh, Navy game and was sitting sitting right next to the Notre Dame sports information people. Right. And uh, and the the stadium now with the seats are all faded. And he goes, God, this you know this thing looks terrible. And I said, Well, <laughs> you know, you know, right. wait wait till the old lady gets people in here. Right. And it'll come to life. Right. And, and it I, does. Yeah. And and uh, and he goes, I said, What'd you guys think of the locker rooms? And he goes. Are you? He said the Chargers played here. They played professional football with these <laughs> locker rooms. Are you kidding? And yeah, you know. So you know, they said you know, great experience coming to San Diego and all that. Right. But they they said yeah, we could understand, you know, why they you know the Chargers demanded a new stadium. Right. You know, this thing's it's falling apart. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. The things that you've seen over the years, the people you've met, it's just incredible. Oh, it, it's, it's been, you know, like I, I told, I've, I've never worked a day in my life because I, I, I get, I, I paid it. I, I get paid to go to games that people are paying, paying to go to. Right. And, you know, I was sitting at the, at the Torrey Pines basketball tournament and uh, with, the, with Manny Silva, who, uh, who coached several years out in the East County and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, at Santana and in Valhalla and and you know and he goes you know when are you going to retire you know <laughs> you know I'm not retired until they tell you know right. until they tell me I have to right because you know I said Manny you paid to get in mm -hmm. I'm getting paid to sit here and talk to you right so you know that uh, I, I feel pretty pretty lucky to have you know have and my son gets mad at me because he he goes you know he says you're one of the few people I know who really enjoys going to work. Do what yeah. you love, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I envy you. I mean, the, the the you get to hang out with Tony Gwynn in the dugout. It, it, sitting around with Billy Bean and and Kevin Towers. Towers. Unbelievable. Oh, it, it, it doesn't get you know it doesn't get much better. You know, Buddy Black. We still get a bunch of the uh, the San Diego State guys. Mm -hmm. When Buddy was managing the Potters, we'd do it. You know, four or five times a year, we'd we'd meet for breakfast and and the you know a lot of the San, old San Diego State guys would you know you'd just swap lies and and yeah. And, yeah. and make yourself look better. But and and now it's maybe it's like once a year or twice a year where Buddy can fit it in. Nice. But uh, you know that those are the kind of relationships that that you built up over the years. He still lives like in Rancho Santa Fe. Right. right? Yeah. Still lives there and uh -huh. uh, you know splits his time between yeah. between there and Colorado and has has done a great job and you know I think his his history has pointed out that it wasn't Buddy's fault that the Padres aren't very good. So yeah. 
let's 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 make this the final topic we'll talk about. Tell me what your forecast is for the Padres in 2019 and what we think we can see from them in the following years after that. In 2019, I think they're going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. If you want an honest opinion, uh, they don't have a third baseman. They don't have pitching. Uh, you know, you signed Ian Kinsler, a 37-year-old second baseman, who who I I I I like. I I mean, I like mm -hmm. Ian Kinsler as a player, but uh, I you know, how much does he have left? Yeah, and yeah. can he play third base if they move him to third base? Yeah, I, I keep uh, thinking he could be like Chase Utley was with the Dodgers. He you know he could be. Yeah, but you know, but Chase Utley was was fit into a, a really good team. Right. This is not going to be a good team. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I love Austin Hedges. I, th I think, you know, Austin is, you know, being a former catcher, I, I love watching Austin play defense. And, you know, and he's going to come as long as a hitter. You know, Eric Hosmer is a really good guy. You know, Urias is, 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 a, is a nice player at second base. There's, there's a giant hole at shortstop. There's a hole at third. You know, you've got too many outfielders. You've got you've to pare that down. I, I'm not sure. I'm not... I'm not anti Will Myers, but I'm not the world's biggest Will Myers fan either. Right. I, I think he, there's some maturity that needs to needs to happen there. Uh, Eric or uh, Eric Dickerson, um, Alex Dickerson. Yeah. I would love to see Alex be healthy oh, for a season. He's and, a great hitter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, another power uh, guy. Yeah. He. Uh, matter of fact, it was funny because. Uh, Alex Winton Bernard, who played it at Rancho Bernardo, mm -hmm. and is now it he played AAA with the Cubs last year, and John Contera and myself we we met uh, last year before and had lunch before before those guys went to spring training, and Alex was a hundred percent healthy, and and then go you know gets to gets to camp and immediately blows out his elbow. Yeah, and, just a jinx, you know. Yeah, it just and. You know, and and he, you know, he and Witten had worked out, and uh, but you know that 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 was you know, and John Contera and I, and, and you know, we go, you know, was Witten or was Alex not telling us something? No, it just it just happened. You know, right. It just you know, over overuse. You know, he was trying to get those long throws in from the outfield. Yeah. And just was was overuse of his uh, of the arm, but uh, you know, I think. The pitching staff is, you know, I hope the young pitchers can can progress. Uh, what and what the scouts tell me is that the young players, the young position players, and that the Padres have are vastly overhyped. Really, vast, you know that and, and and but the the young pitching is real. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I I you know is you know Fernando Tatis. Overhyped, uh, you know, seems he, like the real he deal. Seems to be the real deal. Yeah, and and they do have some some good young players. You know, Franmil Reyes came out of nowhere last year. Yeah, to, he's to, special. Yeah, to put up. Yeah. You know, can he now advance and and keep it going? Uh, you know, uh, I think you know Janikowski has proven he's a major league player. Right. You know, is he an everyday player or is he? A guy who just who moves around and 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 comes off the bench and plays defense and starts once in a while, and you know some decisions that Andy Green has has to make, and but I I I, I don't look for this to be a good season. I hope the future is as bright as they're as they're selling. Uh, I I I I have my doubts, but I you know as a lover of the game, I hope it is. Well, I think I read that Vegas had the over/under on their win total at seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. And I thought that seems a little high. I go under. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm always the optimist, you know. So I'm. Yeah. And I, I always joke about the San Diego sports curse, and we just never can seem to get over the hump. Yes. I keep thinking one of these days the Padres are going to win the World Series. One of you know one of these days, <laughs> and you know it, it, you know anyway, it might come down to the, the you know in in. Uh, 98 with you know playing in Yankee Stadium and you know Mark Langston throwing oh. a strike and oh. <laughs> you know it's right there the yeah. inning's over who knows what happens yeah if that ball's called you know correctly yeah called a strike yeah they win that game maybe you know maybe turns the series the Yankees were awfully good that year yeah. so maybe they they probably don't win it but you would have liked to have seen it 
giving them a chance, give them a chance. Right. The two times they're in the World Series, they face, you know, the eighty-five or eighty-four Tigers were one of the one of the great teams in yeah. history. The ninety-eight Yankees were one of the great teams in history. Yeah. You know, can we get into a World Series where we're playing, we're on even footing, and the other teams just as good as we are instead of being one of the great teams? Well, at this point, I, I'd be happy with a five hundred season. Yeah. And then we can kind of work Let's on our baby way. steps. Exactly. Yeah. So, John, this has been great. I've loved this conversation. We can go for hours, yes. you know, but um, I respect your time. I, I thank you for being here. Um, it's been a great discussion. So great. Thank, thank you. you, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.